0: Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
1: From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger.
2: Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, We're going to take you back to the 2023 Advanced Clean Transportation Expo held earlier this month in Anaheim, California. At that show, truck manufacturers and suppliers rolled out their latest zero-emission commercial vehicle technologies, including an expanding array of battery electric truck models and continued investment in hydrogen fuel cell vehicles. Along the way, industry speakers and attendees discussed the opportunities and the obstacles for this emerging segment of the commercial vehicle market. Although we are still in the very early stages of commercial adoption, electric trucks are poised for growth in the years ahead, due in large part to emissions regulations, especially in California. But what will it take to make zero-emission trucks a viable option for more fleets in the future? And what technologies will pave the way for this transition? While attending ACT Expo, I had the opportunity to raise those questions with Peter Vorhuva, president of Volvo Trucks North America. But before I get into that interview, I'd like to invite you to keep up to date on this topic and other important industry issues by subscribing to Transport Topics at ttn.ws slash ttsubscribe. You can also text ttsubscribe to 571-622-0001. And now, without any further delay, let's play my interview with VTNA President Peter Vorhova. We're here in Anaheim at ACT Expo 2023, and I'm very excited to speak with Peter Vorhuva, President of Volvo Trucks North America. Thank you for taking some time out of a very busy show for all of us, especially for you, I'm sure, uh, and to and take some time to, to talk to us at Transport Topics. Absolutely, Seth, happy, happy, uh, and happy to be here with you. So ACT Expo, of course, is all about the movement toward low emissions and zero emission vehicles. You're really looking at the, the future of the, the transportation industry. And uh, during your press conference today, you outlined Volvo's you know, really three-pronged approach to what that future will look like. Um, you're investing, of course, in battery electric vehicles. You had an example of that at the, uh, on the show floor here. Uh, also, uh, fuel cell technology and, and the... Of course, the combustion engine as yeah, well. Yeah. So maybe just take us through those three prongs uh, and those three pillars of the future of uh, commercial vehicle technology as you see it. So, so ultimately what
3: we want to do is we want to reduce our carbon footprint. right? We want to reduce our CO2 emissions in 2030 by 50% and then you know, basically go to completely fossil-free uh, by 2040. That will not work with one technology only. Uh, that we were used to, right? I mean, everything was diesel engine. And what we will have in the, in the future is indeed that three-prong approach. So we came out with battery electric vehicles. Uh, first with a 150-mile truck, now with a 275-mile range truck. Uh, and that range might might even increase a little bit in the future when we're going to use uh, e um But the battery electric vehicle is there is there to stay for these very specific applications in last mile, regional haul, uh, daily deliveries, pickups, et cetera. Um, the fuel cell technology will be for longer haul uh, but you will not see i don't expect quite frankly to see a shift where people go from oh now we go from battery electric we go to fuel cell electric i think it's a very separate applications one much more for long haul the other one much more for 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 for, for, for regional certain. haul and and um, and uh, and last mile delivery the internal combustion engine will not go away there will always be applications where you need you need to have an internal internal combustion engine um and and we will and and we should not forget, by the way, that we are not only looking at at fossil-free fuels. We are also continuing continuously developing the current diesel engine. Because if we reduce our footprint with 50% uh, in 2030, that means that still 50% of our trucks have a diesel engine. And and with the legislations that we have, we will continue to develop our, our diesel engines and and, and and improve fuel efficiency and emissions. Um, but then at the same time, we're also lo- we're looking at, okay, what can we do with fossil-free-based uh, or non-fossil-based uh, fuels, uh, like renewable diesel, like HVO, but also hydrogen, uh, in the hydrogen combustion, yeah, which I think is a very interesting, which is a very, very interesting technology as well. So these, these technologies will uh, live next to each other and together, together, those technologies uh, will drive us to a uh, to a zero emission vehicle
2: setup. I'm glad you brought up uh, the future of diesel. Uh, of yeah. course, that's a, a question now, especially with um, you know, California in particular uh, taking a pretty aggressive approach toward uh, zero emission vehicles uh, with some uh, you know, timelines, and yeah. uh, also with the the NOx rules that are coming, you know, in the in the next few years. Uh, but and also along those lines, you know, the, the State of Sustainable Fleets market brief that uh, GNA puts together, of course, the event organizer, uh, you know, pointed to that as, you know, maybe the sign that we could now be looking uh, at the very beginning of the sunset of the diesel engine. Uh, but I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, might 2027 be the last big push to to really improve and refine the diesel engine? Uh, or do you see, uh, a, you know, further Investments to to continue to make diesel more and more efficient. I think I think it's a bit premature to start
3: talking about the sunset of the diesel engine. I mean, especially since the diesel engine uh, will then first of all the internal combustion engine will play a big role uh, in, in 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 the next foreseeable future. And then and then we move you know from 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 fossil based to fossil free fuels. Um, but 2027 is an is a big uh, is a big change. But then we have GHG three. Right, which comes after that. So I don't, I don't see us stopping the developing the diesel engine. We will, we will continue with that. Um, uh, the only thing what you can see is that there will be uh, multiple R&D trajectories. Right, we will continue to uh, invest in, in in battery electric. We will continue to invest in fuel So We will continue to invest in diesel engines, and we will continue to invest in internal combustion engines based with 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 you know with fossil free uh, fuels. So.
2: Uh, the, R&D, uh, the R&D agenda will be a heavy one going forward. Right, so diesel is not going away, of course that's a big part Aye. of the pathway toward getting us to this eventual future. I, I guess the follow-up is you know, looking at other forms of uh, you know, fuels, whether it's yeah. renewable diesel, whether it's uh, hydrogen combustion, yeah. uh, renewable natural gas, uh, that, I assume, is what you see as the future of the Absolutely. combustion
3: engine. Absolutely. So I think it's a good point in the, 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 we should not talk about the diesel engine, we should talk about the internal combustion engine,
2: and that development will not stop. Uh, of course, here at uh, ACT Expo, um, you know Volvo is exhibiting a VNR electric model, uh, it's been on the market for a while now, and uh, you have a growing list of customers who are Absolutely. putting these vehicles yeah. out in the field and, and using them day to day. Uh, and one thing that strikes me, of course, is that you have a pretty diverse set of customers who have rolled this out. It's not just you know, the ports in Southern California, it's all over you know, geographies yeah. across yeah. The, the US and, and Canada. Uh, so maybe just speak to the range of different types of fleet customers in terms of the size, in terms of the application. Yeah that are uh, among the early adopters of your EVs.
3: So all these customers in all their variety, by the way, because you indicated, right, there's smaller customers, larger customers on the East Coast, on the West Coast, in Texas and in Canada, all these customers have one thing in common, and that is they have adopted relatively early a sustainability strategy. Because for one reason or the other, they kind of, you know, are on the same boat with us where we say, well, listen, we need to do something around the climate, and it has to happen, and it has to happen right now. Um, and and, 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 and th- that is a driver uh, why companies start thinking about, okay, well, you know, we need to do something. And the examples are, 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 are many. You have shippers, right, or manufacturers, people, you know, companies that make uh, drinks or food or, or whatever. But, I mean, that make a product that goes to the, to the market, they find it important to communicate with their customers and to show their customers we are actually doing something around the environment. And customers like that and then buy those products. So you see it from um, dairy producers to a producer that makes uh, tin-sorted uh, yeah. aluminum cans. Uh, you see it in beverage beverage uh, uh, distributors. Uh, and you see then in transport companies. That uh, go to uh, to uh, to 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 supermarkets or or yeah. food food distribution, food and beverage distribution. That's where you see it uh, happen. And then you also see larger uh, larger customers, right? We showed the performance team uh, truck uh, from Maersk, very also, global, right? Uh, right, who's been very formulated uh, in in all this. QCD then is an, is a prime example yep. uh, for food uh, distribution. But um, yeah, it's it, it's 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 again we. I think what what worked is that we're very formulated on our sustainability strategy. There's many parties in in society, manufacturers, shippers, haulers, that share that same sustainability strategy, and then they come to us and say, "Listen, you know, you seem you seem to be able to help us with our with the execution of our sustainability strategy." And yeah, before you know it, you have a picture with you know all kinds of different customers, and that and that's that that is for me very energizing to see. Uh, because it means that it is a life, right, and then of course you have pioneers and early adopters and fast followers et cetera that, that's fine, but it's 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 well anchored now, it's
2: well anchored, yeah, of course, one of the maybe the barriers or the biggest challenges for these early adopters has been the infrastructure uh, as yeah. they go to set up you know charging at their depot yeah. and terminals. Yeah. sometimes it's a you know multiple year lead time you know working with their utility companies yeah. the the power uh, companies to uh, get the electrical service that they need to support the fleet. Yeah. Uh, so oftentimes that is the holdup. Uh, what are you hearing from you know your customers who are moving you know into electrification? Uh, how m- often do they encounter you know those types of challenges? And what do you think the industry can do uh, working well, with the utilities to to help address that? So unfortunately, it's often uh, we see we see
3: customers uh, or we see HVIP vouchers, for instance, not being picked up. Uh, because the truck is there, and, and and but the charging infrastructure is not there, so so they cannot they cannot get going. So unfortunately, we see that a lot. Uh, it's an it's definitely something that we need to focus on, not only as a in truck industry, by the way, but I mean this this whole group of stakeholders needs to work together to get the charging infrastructure under control. And when we mean charging infrastructure, it's basically three different things. You have ninety nine percent is home, what we call home based charging, right in the depot where you where you where you reside. That's where the truck gets 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 charged overnight. So to speak, or destination charging, right? When you are there, and then at the destination you charge, and then you have public charging. Now, uh, to start with the letter with public charging, we uh, we have acknowledged that issue of 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 charging. So we have an um, intended partnership with Pilot Flying J, hmm. where you know Pilot Flying J being a very well known distributor of energy uh, for 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 trucks. Um, uh, they know how to distribute we know where the trucks are together uh we want to uh, we want to work on this on this public charging uh, infrastructure but the problem lies much more in in, in powering those and and whether that is home based or destination based or public charging the issue is in getting the power into the facility
2: yeah. so it's something that uh, you know, really, the the industry needs to partner. I think yeah. with with the utilities. So, so we
3: we that we happen. we've stepped up. We've acknowledged the problem. We we have taken an initiative to work on that. But we're not going to do it alone. And I think that is one of the things that you will hear more and more in this conference as well. Is that you know we need to do this together. We have a bold we have a bold target to 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 reduce our our carbon footprint, our CO2 emissions, with fifty percent in twenty thirty globally for Volvo trucks. For North America, that will only work, or for the US, it will only work if we all work together shippers, haulers, regulators, uh, grid operators, utility companies, you name it.
1: Hello, roadside listeners. Dan Ronan here from Transport Topics. I'm here to tell you about our new extended cuts of the Road Signs podcast. If you like what you learn here, I think you're going to really love this. So, what is the Road Signs extended cut? Well, instead of ending the recording and saying our guest farewells, We're keeping our expert guests around for an extra one or two questions to gather a deeper, fuller picture of the influential topics in transportation. We capture that insight and convert it into a printable download that will help you navigate the latest trucking trends and guide your next business decision. Considering the easy linkable and printable format, You can keep the extended cut for your next big meeting, send it to your friends and colleagues, or pack it up for your next big conference. So how do you get the latest download? Well, it's real simple. Visit ttn.ws forward slash extended cut. That's ttn.ws forward slash extended cut.
2: Of course, uh, you know battery electric technology is relatively new within the commercial vehicle space. Yeah. Still, and these are this is a young segment of the commercial vehicle yeah. market still, uh, and I think that with that comes an opportunity for some you know, pretty rapid improvement, right? I mean, there's so much to learn in, in in a pretty short amount of time. So maybe just speak to how much um, your electric trucks have improved from your first prototypes to the current version that you're now you know have on the market and, and are. Uh, selling to your customers today just how much has the system how has the, the, the vehicle improved uh, just from where you started well
3: the biggest improvement that we see is in, is in range obviously right so the, the the battery efficiency of the batteries have significantly increased the charging times have decreased uh, so the uptime has increased as well i think that's one of the biggest uh, the biggest changes other to get the truck we already had the truck and that that is a very very good truck. So there, we uh, there we have not maybe improved improved that much because it is it is not necessary. It's, the majority of the of the of the development is actually in the battery technology yeah. and the battery performance. That's where we see that's where we steps going forward.
2: Okay, and I wanted to circle back a little bit more to to fuel cell technology. Of course, yeah. this is part of the conversation uh, at the press conference as well. And in fact, you have a you know early example uh, in the on the show floor uh, yeah. of you know, fuel cell technology that uh, you're investing in. Uh, but maybe I speak a little bit more to to the types of applications where you can really see you know fuel cell with a you know extended range really making sense uh in the trucking industry you know when you bring that to market
3: it's it's the longer haul uh right we do we do drayage with battery electric vehicles right Port of Longwich port of l a Port of new jersey uh, etc. but if you want to go um yeah deeper into the country i mean yeah then then you go so it, it's really you know what you know your typical sleeper business you would do that with and with a fuel cell
1: uh,
2: trip. and uh maybe speak a a little bit more to you know the support network you know with your dealers yeah. uh you know you, you mentioned this as well uh, you're working with your your independent dealer network uh, all over the country to uh you know, so they can get certified they can sell and service these yeah. vehicles yeah. and of course that's a learning process for their technicians for for sales as well yeah. uh, they need to know how to um, sell and support these vehicles yeah. and and uh, help the the fleet customers understand them as well because it's a, a learning process for everyone but just speak to you know how you've uh, been working to ramp up that support network through your dealers uh, so they're ready to support your customers wherever they are
3: so we started relatively early determining the program or de- de- answering the question, what do we need to do with our dealers and what do our ne- dealers need to do in order to support this, this, this product? Because be it diesel, be it electric, be it whatever, we've always, as Volvo Trucks, always been very focused on, okay, we need to have, good, we need to have a good dealer network in order to guarantee the uptime, to, to use that phrase, to guarantee the uptime of the asset. Because ultimately, a truck, regardless of how it is powered, is, there, is an asset for a transport company or manufacturing in order to, you know, create value. Um, uh, so, so that's one. So when we started developing the trick, at the same time, we started developing, okay, what should a dealer program look like? And in relatively early stages, and then we said, okay, well, there's actually a lot that you need to do in a dealer uh, in order to be able to sell, understand, maintain, et cetera. So then we said, well, we actually need a certification process for that. We need to teach them, and we need to test them as well that it really works. And then we need to have criteria on special tooling, on charging, etc. So relative I think I think the dealer, the dealer certification process was more or less ready at the same time when the truck actually came out for the first time. Then together with tech equipment here in California and the Light's project, it was an ideal stumping ground to to test it out. Uh, and then what we said, okay, well then 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 you know if as a dealer you want to sell I mean, I mean, I mean I service trucks then you need to be certified. We didn't have to push that hard, and that was very interesting. We didn't have to push that hard because we came out relatively early with an, with an electric truck. There was some good press around that, and people saw it happening, people saw that it worked, and people saw that it was real. And so our dealers are actually pulling rather than we are pushing. Okay, uh, And that's why you all of a sudden see great numbers now uh, with EVs. And, and, and that's a very important, for me at least, that is a very important development because – If we can show that the dealer network is there to help, then people get ease of mind. Because it's new technology, as you said. And, you know, I mean, you know, the the drivers are like, well, you know, and I don't want this to happen. And well, don't worry. Nothing will happen. And if something happens, we're there to take care of you.
2: Another question I wanted to ask you. I'm not sure how much time you've had to really explore the exhibit hall here. I know you're very busy with uh, everything that's on your plate, but... Uh, from what you've seen of the show floor, and also from the conversations you've had—not uh, just with your customers, but from o- others in the industry—what uh, stands out to you the most uh, thus far? Um, you know, this year at a show like this, you know, what, what really seems unique and different, say, say, compared to last year.
3: So, so what stands out the most is, is of course, the scale, right? I mean, there are significantly more people here than than there were last year, and last year was significantly more people than the year before. So so that means that it is alive and the people have a lot of questions as well. And we're moving from concept to reality, from concept to practicality. And that, that means that much more people are now affected and much more people want to be here and learn. So so that, that's one thing that stands out. The other thing that stands out for me is that um, I, I think that the, the, the technology is now established. I mean, everybody has, you know, kind of an offering in, in, to, to a certain extent. Um, but what I also see on the floor is the enormous uh, increase of services providers, uh, which, I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, we only we saw that the, the exhibition hall was not so big, and it was even not all the OEMs were here. Now, and they, of course, all the OEMs are here, but you see an enormous amount of companies that provide all kinds of services that are, you know, circling around this whole zero-emission vehicle uh, setup, and that that is very interesting to see.
2: And um, also, of course, in the, you know, news there's industry news you know leading into the show of course uh you know california uh finalized its advanced clean fleets rule and of course has been uh, in the works for some time and you know so now we see uh california as well as other states that are interested in adopting similar rules that you know mandate you know increasing percentages or adoption of uh zero emission vehicles uh in the years ahead uh depending on you know i guess the the time frame of course depends on the type of vehicle and Mm. Uh, factors like that but uh, do you see some challenges in managing the complexity of you know, different rules and different states of course for many of your customers who operate of course uh, coast to coast
3: N- no um, because the the question of your operators that go from coast to coast um, the, the, the transport happens in, in, in battery electric vehicles and, and the current legislation plays per state and intra uh, intrastate or interstate transport with zero emission vehicles, I mean, that's a couple of years out. I mean, then sure. we're talking fuel cell electric, so that, that's going to take a little bit. So I think what you will see with larger, with especially with larger operators is that they have to have a separate uh, approach for California and a separate approach for other uh, states. So that—that—that sure. that, that is the impact. I mean, uh, you know, you need to, you, you cannot just it's one, not one big, not one big bucket anymore, right? There's different buckets with different rules, and they just need to adapt that into, into their purchasing strategy. Uh, the other thing on 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 ACT and ACF is that um, uh, th- those are helpful regulations. Uh, it is very important that they are aligned and balanced. Uh, the timeline in ACF should match the timeline in ACT, which it doesn't um and also and, and and we there was recently there was an adaptation of a law in Mar- in the state of Maryland which we um commended very much because Maryland said okay these are the targets but they are dependent upon the availability of charging infrastructure and I think that is very important and we 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 that's that's the thing and so ACF has something like that in it right where where where, where there is some, some clause around char- the availability of charging infrastructure but ACT does not have
2: that and if we have regulations that have the same objective then they need to be aligned. Uh, I see we're up on time here but uh, mm-hmm. any other final thoughts you have on you know a show like this and uh, uh you know this move toward you know really you know new uh propulsion systems and and you know new emerging segments of the commercial vehicle market. Uh it does feel like we're you know very much at a you know inflection point in in the history of the industry. So maybe I will just ask you to take the you know the long view. Uh, does it feel like you know we're at this uh you know, almost a uh, you know the dawn of a new era for for commercial trucking.
3: Well, well, first of all, I mean, th- th- this 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 is an extremely energizing week. Uh, uh, it it's fantastic to see how quickly it goes. It's fantastic to see how how much effort and how much money, by the way, everybody pours into this in order to get to a to a to a zero emission uh, uh, vehicle system or a decarbonized transport system. Um, uh, we will, we will. The entire industry. We will encounter uh, all kinds of different problems in order to adapt this new technology and to make it, you know, to make to fine tune it to make sure that it works. Um, I think what is important is that we do this together. The OEMs cannot do this alone. The shippers cannot do this alone. The transporters cannot do this alone. The regulators can also not do this alone. It's not because you have a law that something happens. The reason that this is happening. Is that there is an enormous amount of an increasingly amount of stakeholders in the industry that finds this important, that find it important to work on sustainability, to find it important to leave this earth in a better shape than they call it, uh, and that that's all very energizing. Yeah, you
2: know, uh, energizing. I think is a great way to put it. And you know, <laughs> this is a, a great conversation, uh, Peter. I always appreciate the chance to to speak with you, and you know, I think that's a good stopping point. So I'll I'll leave it there. And you know, thanks for joining the podcast. And sharing both your time and your insights with us. Thank you very much.
0: Did you know you can ask Alexa to open Transport Topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with Transport Topics.
2: Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original questions. What will it take to make zero emission trucks a viable option for more fleets in the future? And what technologies will pave the way for this transition? As we've heard during this episode, trucking appears to be at the beginning stages of a shift from an industry powered almost entirely by diesel to one driven by multiple propulsion technologies in the coming years and decades. Battery electric trucks are on the market now, and they are poised for growth in trucking applications that are well suited to that technology. But early adopters will need to overcome a series of challenges, including higher vehicle costs and multi year lead times in many cases for depot charging projects. Meanwhile, hydrogen fuel cell technology is gathering significant momentum as a technology pathway to enable zero-emission trucking on longer routes. And yes, the tried-and-true internal combustion engine will continue to play an important part in the industry's future as well. In the decades ahead, these engines could utilize hydrogen combustion or run on other renewable fuels, such as renewable natural gas or renewable diesel. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road Science, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with me and the Road Signs team. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. Also, let us know how we did by texting TTSURVEY to 571-622-0001. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a fresh episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for
0: listening. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you.